right, today I'm here with... Alex Hoy. And... Taylor Dury Scores. And tell me, what's your film? Our film is called Under the Influencer, which is a feature film that is hard to categorize, but it's got drama, comedy, romance, and influencers. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's basically about a young YouTuber who's been very successful, who is having what we like to call a quarter-life crisis in her mid-twenties, where the algorithm has abandoned her, and she is now left to fend for herself and having to reconcile with putting her feet on solid ground once again and, and live outside of her social media persona that has defined her for so long. So you directed, did you also write it? Yeah, so I wrote it and directed it, correct. Oh, nice. And so where did where did your character come from? Because that's really the, the heart of this is your main character. Right, exactly. So I, about six years ago, I worked for a giant YouTube channel, you know, for a girl who had 15 million subscribers and had, it was very much like, very much the inspiration for this character who, she started doing YouTube when she was 14 doing makeup tutorials in her mirror and, and was caught that wave of YouTube and it just exploded. And so by the time she was 18, she had millions of followers and was a millionaire and and was off to the races in terms of like being what kind of we think about as this kind of prototypical influencer mm -hmm. uh, in today's modern age. So that's where the idea really sparked from. And then I had, I had basically left that world behind long ago Gladly so. <laughs> Never thought I would return to it, but uh, kind of right when the opportunity to make this movie came up, I saw an old French New Wave film called Cleo from 5 to 7, which I absolutely fell in love with, and I thought it had such a unique structure, and I really felt like if I could capitalize on some of the things it did structurally from the narrative standpoint, I could, I could have something that was really unique and fresh uh, in terms of laying my experience with the influencer side of things over the top of it. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always just looking for the Armenians to talk about. <laughs> I'm, I, my wife is Armenian. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. excellent. Ah. Um, so, playing Tori, how did you approach this sort of like, it's a character that we all sort of have in our mind, and how did you sort of approach that to actually have a human element to it? Yeah. Um, so, Tori's very different from me. I uh, am not a big social media person. Uh, but of course, being a millennial, like I grew up seeing these these people um, ride the wave, as Alex so lovingly called it, uh, and and rising to fame. And um, I also have a really good friend who's an influencer, so I kind of got to see the duality of that, of her online persona versus her her honest who who she truly was. Um, and it was very interesting. So I did a lot of research on social media influencers and. And seeing like their their facade that they put forward on online, um, and I think that was very easy for me to tap into that that kind of performance idea. Being an actor, I know what that feels like, what that looks like. Um, but then at the same time, I also know what it feels like when what you're throwing against the wall, what you're trying to do isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so, having those moments of disappointment, of uh, feeling the pain, and feeling that everything you're working hard for is just not working. So, there's always a an element of, of, how do you put it? Like, everyone's always trying to put their their hard work into something, and when you reveal the the humanness behind that, you pull away the curtain 
I think everyone can understand that. And so I think when I approached her, there's, I have to step forward with no judgment, you know, just because it's someone who's not like me. I understand what it feels like to not be on your own two feet. Um, that was obviously the, the, the southwest point. <laughs> the, the, the courtyard has its benefits and its downfalls. And its downfalls. Right. And its downfalls. <laughs> yeah, all, all things do, though. No, but I, I was going to say, the, like, we worked hard together on this, like, and Taylor was, like, amazing because she was so committed to coming and, like, really combing every inch of the script with me. And, like, we, I like to say, like, we really kind of reforged it together a little bit um, as we kind of went through and we read every scene together, talked through what was going on with the character and why and what was behind it, and Taylor brought in her own ideas. And, and so it really became something where... We were very cognizant from the very beginning. I remember one of the first conversations we had. I said, like, what we need to do is strike this balance of some of finding a way to make you kind of ick about this because that's how a lot of people are going to come into this. Mm-hmm. And they, I want to hit those expectations for them in a certain way. But then the key is, like, can we find the person underneath that they can actually kind of fall in love with as, they, as we kind of sneak that in the back door on you where at first you're like, Oh, it's an obnoxious influencer. That's just what I thought she would be like. Mm-hmm. But slowly but surely, you start to see the real humanness, like Taylor was saying, beneath beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And so that by the time we reach the point where we need you to really feel something for her, you feel it. And you, mm-hmm. it, even if it sneaks up on you, you're like, oh, I'm my heart is breaking for her, even though at first I was kind of like, oh, yeah, she's what I thought she was gonna be. <laughs> and I think actually one of the things you managed to do was draw every goddamn plane in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it too much ass for soundproofing? Yes. Um, I think you managed to make us root for a character that, if you described to me, I would have hated. Right. Um, right. And making us root for, because you know, when she goes for the music career, right? Uh, I was like, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And then you had that brilliant montage. Yeah. Just yeah. absolutely beautifully done. And I think that's not only where the switch happens. Yeah. But I think going into that. Yeah. We're given the devil and angel on the shoulders. Right. And tell me how you got those those two characters diametrically opposed to each other without making one of them look completely um, like you did, didn't turn one of them into the devil literally. Right. Like Are you talking about the her assistants? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So yeah, those were those were fun characters um, because we kinda like were able to like break them up into those two sides of her and play them that way, which I I thought was great because what I wanted to do with them was was Say, okay, she's got the kind of professional assistant who is absorbed in this world and looks at it as just a business and, like, you know, is very cold calculating. This is what we need to do in order to keep up in this world. And you are just the piece of this machine that that, that still keeps everything going. Mm-hmm. You're an important piece of the machinery, but you're still a piece of the machinery that needs to, to move this forward. And then you had this other character, Sarah, uh, who was her kind of personal assistant and... It was kind of, again, these were kind of based on people that were around this influencer. Like, the girl I worked for had, like, a, it was her stepsister that was working as her personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And and she was, in some ways, trying to keep her grounded in, from, like, who she was, where she came from. You know what I mean? There were these these kind of emotional tethers that were, were in there. And I thought that was interesting, and I, I didn't go all the way with those because I wanted to play that character a little more maternal. As if, like, she is kind of, like, rolling her eyes at this world, but she's kind of already where I want people to be, where she already is like, yeah, but I'm in, right? I'm already mm-hmm. in with this this character, and I feel for her, 
and letting that kind of, I like to use her as a conduit for the audience in the sense that's like, as you slowly see a little more of her, like actual caring for this character, mm-hmm. it allows the audience to slowly realize like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get there too. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get to that point too. Whereas with the other character, yeah, I mean, I wanted to keep him pragmatic, um, and like he was used a lot for like comedy up front. And again, but again, I yeah. think you get to this point where there's another just pretty solid scene where like she realizes that he's like he's not going to come with her anymore, and and they have to kind of part ways. And so I didn't want it to just be... I wanted there to be complexity there, where she felt bad that he was leaving, he felt bad that he was leaving, but this world that she was kind of consuming herself with forced these things to happen, and like that was like that was a, a conflict that was going to run into each other head-on at some point. So I think that's how I tried to keep them from just being good and bad. It was like I wanted to add a layer of complexity to it so that he didn't just come off as like, oh, he's just the bad guy. Like, it's more like he's just, he's caught up in the system in the same way she is in some ways, and he's lost mm-hmm. himself in that uh, in a certain way too, and, and he just hasn't kind of reached the, the breaking point that she has with it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you approach that scene, actually, that's one of the scenes that really, really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you sort of go about not turning into, you know, Don Corleone and insisting that you killed old Tessio? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, for me, I I ground myself in a lot of analysis. Like, I could go nerd, totally nerdy on the acting side of things and text analysis. And the great thing that I think Alex really implemented is we, as a cast, all got together months, well, yeah, a month or two before we started shooting. So we combed through the scripts um, within the, the, uh, our little trio um, of that scene multiple times. We got to really play around with it. We played around with the dynamic um, of the relationships, how long you know these trios, this trio has been together. Um, so grounding yourself in the fact that like it's not just a business interaction. This Tori has depended on this guy for a very long time, um, and there's a connection there. There's a trust there. So uh, you know, drawing it back to me as Taylor, you know, I've been there before. I know what it feels like when you receive hard news from someone you really love and you really trust, and um, there's a duality to it. Mm-hmm. So relying on that and playing those dynamics is a lot of fun as an actor. You know, it's not just one emotion soaring through your body. You, you of course, have different feelings about everything, and, and that's the struggle is, of being human sometimes. And I think that's part of, like, you know, especially with movies, what can happen in, uh, in the sense where it's, like, you kind of set things up to give people an expectation of something. And like I said with him, it's like he was... He was, he was used very much for, like, sassy comedy kind of early on, mm-hmm. and that drove a certain dynamic. And then I think what I think the key is, if you can pull it off, is to, like, is to be able to switch that on people and make them realize that, like, oh, I haven't, I haven't just seen him as that. Like, he's, I can see that he provides value to her and, like, that, like, there is, they do have a dynamic together and, and it's, it runs deeper than just what was initially presented. And so that, like, when you, again, when you come to that scene, you end up feeling like, oh, like, this is this is a sad moment, and like, that's not whatever, maybe not what I was expecting from that character, mm-hmm. um, because I've I've built him in my mind as someone who is like, oh, the comedy, kind of like, yeah, that's what I expected from him, and I think that was kind of the magic trick we were trying to pull with a lot of the things, you know, in the movie. We mm-hmm. also talked a lot about, you know, Tori goes through just constant 
slaps in the face. And so just as far as, you know, your script analysis, I mean, we, we were like, here's one, and here's two, and here's three. So you also have to, we, we, we planned it out strategically on exactly like what, what Tori needs to be going through at this moment. Um, mm. So that was also helpful, just kind of talking that out as a team. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm sorry, we've got a lot to say. We haven't talked about this scene. No one's asked about this scene, and I love no this scene. No one asked about this I love this scene. So it's a, uh, it was like, and it was my, my, Partner on Prodigy was like his favorite scene, so like he's the only person I've ever talked to about it. But like, what I loved about writing that scene and even just in analyzing it together was we also said that like that was the scene where I felt like I could put in here that like you can see that Tori's not just this like child blowing in the wind that it has to be like pampered and handled and and everything has to be done for her. She actually has to step up and be a grown up in this scene and like and you know, diffuse the two arguing children. Yes. And, and to that point, we had always placed Tori as the kind of, almost the subordinate within the situation where they these two were the adults and she was the child. And in this mm -hmm. scene, they start bickering and she has to diffuse that and then have a real, like, make a real adult decision and, and have that conversation with, with the guy about, about his choice and actually, like, kind of, you know, push him out the door, like, without making a scene. Like, right. And it's just like... I thought that was a really important moment to see that she can grow and do more than we expect of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Boom! Right before the play. Solid timing. Knock it in. <laughs> this is how they should do the, the Oscars when they're doing speeches. Yeah. Like you can slowly hear the plane approaching. It's like, when, it, when it's here, it. you got to get out or else yeah. no one will hear you anyway. Yeah. Just, I, I want to piggyback on what you just said <laughs> because I remember even talking to um, our costume designer, Anna, and we were even... we. In, analyzed all the costumes, you know, and she was so brilliant in the way that she approached that, but for that scene specifically, she's like, Tori's going to be in a suit. She's trying for the first time to be a professional, to take this as a business and make these hard decisions, and so even even just in the costumes, you know, you see she's sitting at her desk, and she's got a suit on, and she feels, even, it's a short suit. It's, it's, like, a, it's, it's a, still girly. It's a baby blue suit. It's a baby but blue yes. suit, and but, it's still influencer-esque, but like, right. this is her version of professionalism right. and so up, right. she, that's kind of the moment like you said where she's making her first stride towards being a a tough businesswoman and that's her version of it <laughs> taking a step to grow right yeah. yeah yeah you had the inenviable task of doing one and two-thirds character arcs <laughs> <laughs> it was fun <laughs> it was a lot of fun. i mean because there's like three masks of Tori, Victoria, Vicky. There's three mm -hmm. sides of her. And we talked about that early on. We're yeah. like, these have to be very different parts of who this girl is. How do you, how do you tackle that? Um, Victoria, my Katherine Hepburn inner ego, was quite possibly the easiest. Because that, <laughs> I don't know why. She was just so much fun to be like, stepping into that role and those costumes. And that one I didn't have to worry about. That one was just... She's the big character. She's like, the big one. And... Not to say that Taylor can be theatrical, but... No. <laughs> Very subdued. <laughs> but that was easy. That was easy. That was yeah, easy. We didn't have much trouble working that one out together. Like, <laughs> she basically did, did a few lines and it was like, okay, yep, yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's that. Um, and of course, like I said, the costumes for that, that just... For me, it's like if I get the right shoes and the right and the right dress... Ensemble. Or, or ensemble. It, I can just... It just goes. It was all about the shoulder pads. All about the shoulder pads <laughs> and the and the and the cigarettes, yes. the long cigarette. I just love it. Um, 
But the other two, Vicky and Tori, um, you know, Tori is the online persona, um, and Vicky is, you know, her, her childlike heart that kind of is hidden, and she can't find it anymore. Um, and so find, trying to figure out the, do, the, the differences in, in those parts of her were a lot of fun. Um, and like I said earlier, like having friends that are in the social media realm was really helpful for me. Uh, and seeing how they kind of struggle with their, yeah, their their personas, their outward personas they have to put out. But it was a lot, like I said, a lot of text analysis. I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff, and mm-hmm. a lot of working shoulder to shoulder with Alex. Um, we we probably did a, a few weeks of just one on one rehearsals, um, going through the script, um, and. And finding the hills and the valleys of who yeah. this this woman is, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like we said. It's like you because you had to be cognizant that it was like we wanted to find someone who, you know, what are the things that are attractive about her beneath that persona that, you know, could still realistically be somebody who you know felt so tethered and vulnerable to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's. She's quirky and witty and and well spoken and like I always liked that she like had a real personality underneath there that that was just totally separate from the in, in front of the camera the person and I I think that 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 was to me such a valuable time we spent going over that because I feel like that's what makes it feel full and authentic and three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Every every step of the way, because otherwise, you know, if she was bland, you like this this movie wouldn't work. If if any one of those kind of faces was bland, but they're all unique in their own in their own <laughs> either grading or engaging <laughs> way. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. And what I love is that you know there's a saying that American lives have no second act. Um, your film has a third act in the second act and the second act in the third act. Right. right. <laughs> Which, yeah. uh, how do you how do you approach that structure? Yeah, <laughs> the structure was, uh, from the beginning, that was kind of like my big hurdle because, like I said, I I was drawing a lot from, from Cleo from 5 to 7, which has a very unique structure in the sense that, like, I'd never seen anything like it, which is part of the reason I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. But I knew that, that we were going to be, like, really in the third act, kind of like breaking from the movie we were making before and almost making a different movie. And so my thought was, okay, well, I can either try and, like, walk this line or I can just go hard. And so that's why, like, basically our first two acts of the movie are shot all, you know, digital, Alexa camera, like, sharp, you know, very manicured, which is Tori's Mm -hmm. life at the point. It's very thoughtfully curated for the viewer. Whereas then when she kind of breaks into the third act... We, we just I was like let's just change it up completely and we did basically 16 millimeter style with film grain and handheld and you know the color palette changes and the, mm-hmm. the wardrobe changes and the you know we shot with these old old French lenses that like give it this like very dreamlike aesthetic and quality so it it, it but it it's certainly a less clean image mm-hmm. um, and and that was always that's the way I was trying to not I didn't want you to try to hold on to the previous two acts. I wanted you to mm-hmm. be like, okay, this is different, and I, it's it breaks, and I, I didn't want people wavering on it. I wanted to be like, okay, yeah, they know it's different, and they're trying to figure out like what what this movie is now and and where it's going to go, and as they find it, then start to be able to kind of retroactively 
apply the meaning of like why is it going this direction on top of it as you start to see where the story takes you and what happens to Tori within it. And and it just again, I made it intentionally intentionally I was trying to make things as different as possible. Like, you know, the movie's made up to that point of like very short mm-hmm. bits and scenes that show you of like these little flashes of her life. Um, and she never talks to anybody for more than a minute on screen. And then, you know, we break in the third act and that, that changes. You know, she mm-hmm. basically has a, a 15 to 20 minute kind of like extended scene with a character. So it it's meant to be like, okay, yeah, everything that was where she was, she's, she's getting away from that and the contrast is stark intentionally so that you're not trying to just hold on to what that what that what the movie was doing up until this point you're kind of allowing yourself to break into this new world and and i mean i knew that was going to be like okay either people are going to come with me on this or they're not mm-hmm. and so far we've gotten a really positive reaction and like people have noted it but it like i've only like only in some earlier screenings we had when the movie was still pretty different did i get uh, several people saying like yeah like i don't know about that <laughs> i think it's i think i think we've we've crafted something that is kind of holding together and working for people in a in a fun way so i i hope that i hope that people give it a chance and and that once they kind of get to the end of it they can actually see what the intention was behind it if 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 they're watching close enough okay <laughs> now as the personification of your words what happened in between the what would you traditionally be the climax or her beautiful breakdown yeah. and meeting him what happened in between oh i see uh that's a really good question no one has asked that and i love it so uh you know i'm gonna leave that up to interpretation of what the uh the audience believes but i would say you know obviously there is a big break in what Tori goes through. She leaves everything on the table. Things that she has kept close to her chest, has never shared with her audience, and she lets all that go. Um, And she can no longer hide what she's struggling with. Um, And so I think at that point, you know, she's literally taken off the mask in front of her audience and said, this is who I am. Mm And it's kind of her first time that she's going out in public without that mask on. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of self-exploration. It's almost like stretching out those those muscles that she hasn't used in years. And kind of going back to, you know, taking that left turn um, story-wise and then obviously the difference in, in how we shot Historic, it. Right, yeah. um, you know, I think that's Tori going back to her roots, going back to who she truly is um, underneath all of that. Uh, and, you know, she's in she's in this beautiful space, uh, literally with dirt and, and right, you yeah. know, roses and, and just more organic. She's trying to figure out who she is again. And so I think it's her going out into the world for the first time without the safety blanket of who she thinks she is and putting her feet back into the dirt and trying to grow again right and so it's like i mean i remember always i think we talked about this early on too it's like we we said it would have to be you know within a day or two of this but like you know she probably cried a A lot Uh, (laughs) she probably did a lot of crying but for me it was always about letting go Mm -hmm. of this and realizing kind of coming to the realization that like 
this really is the end of this. At, at least for her at this moment, she thinks of this as like, I really, I can't do this anymore and I have to like, I have to stop being this thing that I'm so desperately clinging and holding on to. Yeah. Um, and so that to me was the big part of that moment is that she's going out there and like she just sits on the bench at, as she climbs up the hill and then just kind of is looking out over just like, okay, time to reflect and think about like, who am I and who am I, who can I be outside of this? Because that was always the scariest part, I think, yeah. from my perspective for her was, was I have... I have grown into this, and that's who I am. Thinking about having to, to scrap that and start from scratch when she, again, she hasn't matured like other people. She's she's missed the maturation process of, of teenager and college and your early 20s, like that most of us have. So like she's just feeling very ill-equipped to take on the the scary world that she was able to kind of avoid for so long by being by being this persona and so now she has to look out over it and say like okay like where do i fit here and i think that that's to me like what that hopefully like where people are with that when she kind of goes out into like like taylor said that more organic surroundings and the symbolism of of getting literally back to the roots of uh of of who you are Yeah. yeah okay so let's wrap this up with what's next what's next well, we've got to get this movie out first. So uh, we're using, we're actually using Cinequest as our kind of launching uh, pad, springboard into distribution search. So this week I'll be, well, we'll be sending it out. We've got a sales agent, and we're going to send it out to a bunch of uh, potential distributors and start to see what the interest level is like, and and then within a month, hopefully, have an idea of who is our friend and who's going to. Help us bring this thing out to market and and when that what that timeline is going to look like, which is great. And um, for me, I've got I've got a couple scripts that I'm I'm basically using to try and you know I'm always trying to get something going. Um, but I'm going to use I'm I'm planning to use again this movie as like a, a springboard also into you know finding the right um, representation and management team so that I can I can really take a step forward there. As well as I've been working as a writer on. Uh... <laughs> that was an intentional uh, confidentiality <laughs> cover. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been working as a, a writer, and uh, uh, I'll be working as the voice director as well on uh, a pretty big video game project. Oh so um, that's the way I've been. But he's bringing busy. me in on, right? Which she will <laughs> be considered for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, I am uh, currently in pre-production for an indie feature film that I'm producing. Um, we start shooting next week, so doing a lot of prep for that right now, which is very exciting. Kind of delves into the uh, underground internet sensation, and uh, it's 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 gonna be fun. It's gonna be a thriller. Uh, yeah, so it's a, I'm very excited for that. And then, of course, right now, uh, doing a lot of picketing for SAG. Mm-hmm. And sticking true to uh, what the union is hopefully negotiating for, better better contracts for us actors. So uh, doing a lot of stuff on the picket lines in L.A., which is great. Yeah. Well, nice. Great. Thanks for thanks for making some time. And remember, I am available for all wacky neighbor roles. <laughs> I love it, yes. <laughs>